Well, welcome to the Leadership 360 podcast, where we interview real people with real stories about all aspects of leadership. I'm your host, Chris Moore, and thank you for spending time with us. On today's podcast, our guest is George Khalife. Hey, George. What's going on, Chris? Uh, congrats, first of all, on the launch of this podcast. Well, thank uh, you. And once again, genuinely, just honored to be uh, kind of the first guest and, and get this uh, kicked off for you. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Let me introduce George. George is a sales and marketing professional with a background in finance and the DNA of an entrepreneur. At just 26 years old, George became the youngest vice president at the Toronto Stock Exchange. He's based out of Chicago, and he helps U.S. companies in the Midwest access Canadian public capital. Previous to joining the TSX, George led the marketing and business development for a growing financial technology startup, Owl.co, and before that led the business development for Canada's number one mid-market technology M&A firm, Sanford Advisors. On the side, George has co-founded an app called Bookback for students to buy and sell books more easily, which cracked the top 100 list for book-related apps, as well as hosts a podcast called Let's Grab Coffee, where he interviews successful leaders across different industries. You can listen to George's podcast on major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So George, great to have you on episode one of my podcast and listening to your Grab Coffee podcast. You've been an inspiration for me. So uh, thanks for helping me get started. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. And likewise, I mean, a lot of inspiration from, from working with you during the TMX days. So uh, it's kind of reciprocated there. All right. So leadership, Leadership 360. So from your perspective, your experience, observations, what are the attributes of a great leader? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, for me, it's always been kind of a sensitive topic. Uh, one, because, um, you know, as you know, and kind of working with me early, in the early days of TMX when I was just an associate, I always kind of had that leadership uh, capacity and I always wanted to learn how to, you know, evolve as a leader, mature as a leader and, and still am, right? I'm still kind of in that work in progress. But, you know, being as someone who was a young professional and wanted to take on leadership uh, roles or capabilities, I think for me, it was always sensitive because you almost don't want to be that, you know, 22, 23, 24 year old uh, who still hasn't, you know, amassed that much experience, but it's kind of tackling these kinds of leadership roles. So for people listening who are kind of in that same age, age group as me, I think they'll sort of resonate with that, uh, with that feeling. But for me, you know, a couple of things on leadership. I think uh, leadership doesn't necessarily require a title. So that's the first thing I learned. And it, it was one thing I learned when I read Robin, uh, Robin Sharma's uh, book. I think it's called Leader Who Had No Title. Uh, and it really rung true for me. So for me, displaying leadership is, you know, so, 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 you know one is, is actually serving with gratitude, understanding that people around you are actually humans and not, not robots, you know, and, um, and taking genuine interest in, in the people around you, um, inside and outside of work. I think that to me was always a nice thing. Uh, but also, I, I think for me, even having different managers, having worked with different people, the best leaders for me were always the ones who could always lift me up. You know, it, instead of being an anchor, they always found ways to, you know, push me, challenge me the right time, provide words of encouragement, be there when I needed mentorship. Uh, and I think for me, you know, being a leader uh, in different ways is, is also setting, setting the way in a lot of ways, right? When I started my podcast, I felt like I was displaying leadership because in the capital markets, that wasn't necessarily a thing people did. Uh, and that was about four years ago. And I got a lot of raised eyebrows, right, when I first did that. So, uh, but then, you know, the trend caught on and stuff. And, and to me, that was, that was a little funny because at the time, people were really questioning what I was doing. And now it's, you know, everybody's seeing it as like a great way to, you know, highlight stories, get exposure for marketing, build your brand, et cetera. But at the time, 
um, I, I think you kind of have to listen to your own voice and um, and not always look at what the market's doing. So I think that that to me is, uh, you know, a leader is someone who's also kind of adaptable. I think that's one thing we learned together when we were doing the um, the shift to Google for work at TMX is, and that's one thing I learned, right? Dealing with a lot of people. People don't necessarily love to change. I think great leaders are susceptible to change. They're fluid. Uh, they adapt qu- quickly and, and um, yeah, especially in the tech environment, you and I both see that. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of things I can say there, but but those are just things that come to mind. Those, those are great points. And I appreciate your your humbleness and your passion um, and kind of perspective in terms of your age, right? So, you know, not not being as youthful as you are, I'm a little older, but I, I've always feel, you know, felt like for the last number of years in different roles I've had is that, you know, the boomer generation who's kind of slowly moving out of the workforce. Um, we, we had two responsibilities. One is to prepare the next generations to lead and then to get out of the way. And I, I truly believe that real transformation in organizations are going to happen when, you know, when that new generation of leaders, new ideas, fresh ideas, and, you know, some of the things that you're talking about, you know, trying things differently and just being prepared to, to jump in. One of my observations of great leaders is, are people who have courage, you know, courage to do what needs to be done to do the right thing and, and to as you say, you know, treat people as people and, you know, not as, not as robots. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that, that that's the right way to actually say it. Um, you know, especially on the, on the courage that that's kind of what I was alluding to, right. When you kind of pave the way to your point is, is having that courage because you're not always necessarily going to be liked for what you're doing. Um, but as long as you're doing it with good intentions, I think that's the important part, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it, have your friends outside of work. Those, those people can like you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, and I know you've worked for a lot of leaders, and a lot of great leaders. Think of, you know, some of those people, their face probably comes to mind. What have you learned from some of those great leaders? Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of things there. Uh, for one, I was always told that at an earlier age is that, you know, the, the importance of networking is, is definitely something I should always prioritize. And that's a, you know, one of the biggest things I've been doing for the past five years. It didn't matter which role I was, which company I worked for. It was always networking with people inside the organization, outside the organization, and outside my domain. That was another important one is, you know, if you're in finance, it's very easy for me to deal with other bankers, you know, um, people in corporate finance, on the M&A side, whatever. But it's, it's, it's more difficult for me to have maybe a conversation with uh, someone who's in arts, you know, or someone mm-hmm. who is, I don't know, in general medicine, let's say. But I think having those conversations, learning from other people, like all my best friends are engineers. We have some of the best conversations, right? And I always feel like the dumbest one in the room because uh, they obviously complement a lot of my weaknesses. The other one, uh, you know, which I was told recently, is just focus on doing the best thing you can do today with what you have. And, and that's actually something I've been actually reflecting much more on. Uh, being obviously a millennial, and I know there are certain generalizations as it comes to my generation. But I think for me personally, what I've, what I've realized within myself, and I'm sure a lot of people have this, is there's so much advice out there. You know, you open YouTube, there are all these motivational tapes. And then after watching two, three hours, you're pumped. But at the same time, you kind of feel lost. Like, is this, you know, what I'm meant to do? Should I start a business? Can I be making more money? Is this the right industry? And, you know, you're kind of lost in, in terms of whether, whether or not you're doing the right thing. And I think the best advice was don't take for granted the opportunity you have. Maximize that first and then turn that into bigger outcomes. But if you're always focused on the next opportunity, the next role, the next title, you know, you're losing what you have now and what you have now is preparing you for that next stage. That was super important in terms of just patience. 
Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, you, you have to be diligent about what you want. Uh, you know, I, I kind of I always had this, this, this mentality ever since I started with TMX2 as an associate program, as you know, I never waited for an opportunity to come to me. I always had to chase it. Like I almost ran after it, you know, and I was very diligent about what I wanted. I knew I reflected a lot. I, you know, I, I sought a lot of mentors. I took a lot of advice from different people and I reflected on it and I just went for it. And I'm very decisive about what I want in life. And I feel like if you, you know, if you wake up and you're, you don't know what you want to do and what you want to wear and it's all dilly dallying all day. Um, I, I don't know how much success you're going to get in, in that sense. So. Yeah. So just, you know, make a choice and go with it and adjust as you go. So that's uh, awesome advice. So question, you know, maybe a little more personal, but, um, what have you learned about yourself lately? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, um, so the one thing was, was more so, it's not learning much more about myself. It was more so realizing that I had the, you know, the, the personality of being very energetic about many things. Actually, that's one thing to, to talk about. You know, I'm the, I'm the type of guy that I'll get excited about the podcast and I'll, and I'll rush to start it and, you know, and, and market it and build this platform. But this is something I've had to work on a lot. And I feel like I've improved in that respect is that I would always have to start a bunch of things, but not see a lot of things through. Mm. Uh, and it's tough to talk about, you know, it's tough to be honest about too. Um, because it's not that I, I, I didn't have the dedication or the commitment, but I would be super pumped to start. And then I would it kind of die off on me. It, get, it gets bored. And I know a lot of people who have that kind of same mentality. And one of the solutions to that was cutting a lot of these things. Even if they came up in my mind as ideas and I got pumped, I would just tell myself, listen, you know, you're, you just came to Chicago as an example. You know, you're just starting to open the offices for the TSX. You have a big challenge ahead. There's a lot riding on this. Make sure you execute here. You have your podcast. I think those two are enough given your schedule and to properly execute on both. Um, so that's one of the things I learned recently. But one thing I want to say on this, Chris, because this is a great question. The best way to also learn about yourself, in my opinion, is traveling alone. Uh, if you ever did a solo trip uh, or any kind of adventure where you're actually alone, literally, not with anybody, you don't know anybody, typically not on your phone all day, like let's say you're hiking or you're, I don't know, in a beach somewhere, whatever that, that thing is, right. uh, you'll learn a lot about yourself. You know, I, I felt like I'm, I have a bit of a different personality when I was alone on those solo trips versus when I'm with a big group of people who I knew. It's interesting. And, and I've coached a lot of people in business who, and I know you know how you show up. You're, you know, you have that self-awareness, but there's a lot of people who don't. And kind of what you're talking about is, you know, you kind of understand your true self when you're alone. I've encouraged a lot of people to try to observe themselves in a setting. Because a lot of people just, you know, they rush into work, they rush into a meeting, they say things, they say things that come to mind, or sometimes they don't say anything. But very few people kind of sit back and watch themselves and how they, you know, how they behave, how they show up, and how what they say or what they do impacts other people. And so it sounds like when you've done some of this traveling alone, you've, there's been nobody but you. So you've, you've observed yourself and probably learned some things about yourself too. Yeah, I mean, self-awareness is so tough too nowadays, I find. And obviously, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm definitely, I don't, I don't think I've, I have it fully figured out. I'm not sure if I ever will, but I'm always working on it. You know, and I think one of the things that, that makes it more difficult, uh, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because I love social media, but I think there, there are so many noises, right? And I think we all know this. You know, you come after a long day of work and you're surrounded by people. You get home. Uh, typically, if you have a partner, then you're with them, kids. That's always, a, you know, it's something going on. Right. Then you turn on TV, you turn on Netflix, you have a podcast in the background, music, you're cooking. 
you know, if, if you really audit your day, how much of it is actually spent alone just reflecting on something, even if it's five to 10 minutes, you're never really asking the question that you should be. And I think that's, that's part of it, maybe. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of that, too, is that if you do that, and I know you work out a fair bit, probably more than the average person. Um, I've been trying to get to the gym with my wife to do spin, just, you know, nice. stay active. Yeah, and, right. uh, and, you know, when, when you do those things, you are better prepared to be present for other people or to support other people, you know, like when you take care of yourself. 100%, man. It's, it's like self-interest. That's what I always call it. And I think a lot of people will see that, Chris, as like selfishness. You know, like if you if you dedicate two hours of the day to yourself, whatever that may be, right? You want to do right. yoga, a class, you want to walk in the in the park for a bit, walk the dog, whatever that is. Uh, it's time for yourself. But for me to be at my best to everybody around me, whether it be my parents, my friends, sibling, girlfriend, whatever the case is, I have to almost be at a peak state. Right. If I'm grumpy, if I eat like a mess, if I don't get enough sleep, if I'm like tired and groggy how am I supposed to be great in front of the people I love you know and I think so yeah, if you care yeah. about those around you you have to care about yourself first yeah for sure so what about the younger George um the much younger George <laughs> so what leadership advice would you give your younger self and I you know I've, I've seen a lot of comments on social media that you made but you know if you had you know that younger George in front of you what would you what would you tell him yeah, you know, it, it's tough because uh, the younger version of myself and myself now are, are completely two different versions. But at the same time, I'm almost grateful for that person because uh, in many respects, they kind of led to, to where I am now. And I, I think the only advice I would say, Chris, is like uh, just, just to take life a bit more seriously. You know, I was your typical class clown uh, in high school and never took anything seriously for that matter. I was always like laughing and joking and not that fun isn't important. Uh, but I, I think that was one of the, the things I didn't realize that if and even though I, I did get started a bit at an earlier age about taking certain things seriously, like my finances, my career, but that didn't necessarily come at a super earlier age. I think for me, it came at around like maybe 19, right? 18, 19 is when I really started to, to think about this. And when I started thinking about this more seriously, it was actually my environment. So when my environment changed, that's really what uh, what led to my mindset being, you know, different and, and taking things a bit more seriously. So the, the second advice would just be, you know, be very careful about who you spend your time with. Not all your friends today are going to matter 10 years from now. That's the biggest one. Right. Everybody who you think is popular and like the prom king and queen in high school, that shit doesn't matter, man. I mean, literally like 90% of the people you talk to now are probably not going to be friends unless they're like best friends of yours, you know, and they're actually good individuals, have a good head on their shoulders, uh, so don't let these small nuances of, you know, school culture get to your head or, or let you down. And, and the third one is don't let other people's opinion of you become your reality. That's my biggest one. Mm. You know, I was a pretty chubby kid. Uh, I immigrated in like 04. Uh, so for me, integrating early in school wasn't easy. Um, so I feel like that popularity contest kind of hit me a, a little bit. I always tried to be funny just to fit in. Uh, and I, you know, so I was kind of insecure in, in that respect. And um I, I just think that you should have your own confidence, get to know yourself, you know, do extracurriculars, sports, all these good things. And um, yeah, and, and there's a bright future ahead, man, but just make sure you actually seize it. Otherwise it's going to be wasted. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice. You know, take action, right. And take action today. So, you know, some things that I think a lot about and have experienced are kind of fear and courage and leadership. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people, as leaders, I've, you know, I've worked with and for a lot of great leaders, but I've seen a lot of leaders who 
you know, maybe don't do what should be done or what needs to be done or what's obvious. And my observation has been, I guess, early days, I used to talk about fear. You know, people were afraid, afraid to make a decision or afraid that a, deci a decision they make or an action they take could cost them something, you know, their reputation, their job. Um, until somebody pointed out to me that, you know, it's really not about fear and fear is kind of a negative word. It's really a lack of courage. And so, you know, what's, what's been your observation or experience? You know, have you, how do you approach having courage? You know, you're in a new role, taking on some new challenges. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that just say, you know, fake it till you make it. How does courage play into leadership? And, and then how do you deal with fear? Yeah, man, there's a lot to unpack there, but that's a great question, Chris. I think for me, you know, courage to, here's another thing about being a young professional. It's, it's, there's a fine line, right? With how much confidence you have without looking maybe too egotistical or like you're a know-it-all at a young age. You don't, you want to be, you don't want to be in that bucket. You know, you want to look obviously confident, grounded, you know, yourself, all that good stuff, but still willing to, to you know, to learn, still have that ambition to grow and whatever. I think that's the most important part. For me, courage and fear uh, honestly, are, are like muscles. I treat them like muscles, to be honest. Right. And I think there's there's some they're just something you always have to work on. Um, you know, so for me, it's like um, take this example. Like the reason I went skydiving is because I was scared of it. You know, and I went alone. I mean, right. I just decided one day that I wanted to do it. And to be honest, it really scared me. And after it scared me, I did it. It was a wonderful experience. And that's just one quick muscle that you're growing. Now your mind is like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's false expectation appearing real, uh, obviously difference between danger, but, but when you start tackling these one by one, I then went and snorkeled with whales. That's another muscle, right? I'm kind of training it. Um, I might be scared to do five speaking opportunities this year. I'm going to do six, right. you know, and, and just kind of, it's, it's kind of like weights in, in, in the, in the gym room, right? If you, if you see like a, a bar and you're trying to do a deadlift and you know, your max weight in your mind, when you go to do something a little bit stronger than that, uh, you're, you're building that muscle. And I think that that's how you you tackle courage. And, and just one thing I want to say, kind of more openly, I still have this today. By the way, it's not like I've I've, I've answered it anyway. So uh, I recently posted a, a video on LinkedIn, and I was, to be very honest with you, I was a bit fearful of posting it. I had you know voices in my mind saying, "Listen, like, uh, I don't know if this is the right approach anymore. You know, like you're in a more serious role. You're in Chicago." Right. Then I'm like, "Screw it, man! I'm not posting anything bad. I'm I'm actually talking about something I, I really am experiencing, and it's helping me." be better at my role. Uh, so it's these voices sometimes that are going to creep up and they still creep up to me today. And you just have to, to learn to shut them down. And the best way to do it is actually kind of conquering it by doing what it tells you in the opposite way. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's like, you know, there's a challenge before you and if people are trying to figure out how to go around it or under it, over it. It sounds like what you do is go through it and, and tackle it. And, you know, I like, I like the analogy of working out because you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't know a lot about, you know, that kind of stuff, but the, the brain is a muscle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't lose, if you don't use a muscle, you'll lose it. And so I think, right. you know, your point about trying new things and, you know, there's probably proven research that says when you try new things, you're building new synapses in the brain. And so, you know, it's like me trying to, trying to figure out how to launch a new venture. And um, I'm thinking, Oh, I need a logo. Oh, you know, I don't know how to do designs. I should reach out to somebody. And then I reached out to people and I talked to a lot of great people, but you know, it was expensive and you know, they're worth their money, but I didn't have the, the money to pay them 
So I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. And that was painful. <laughs> and I think, you know, in, and you learn and you try new things, right? And, and I'd, I'd love to go skydiving, but I probably should have done that before I got married. Because yeah, it becomes more difficult, man. <laughs> because I'm not allowed to go now and I haven't checked my insurance policy, but... And if I, if I, I went I up in a, if I went up in a hot air balloon, it probably needs to be tethered to the ground so it can come back down, you know, like those ones. A hundred percent assurance, you know? Yeah. But I do, you know, I, I do appreciate what you're saying in terms of trying things new and, you know, doing things that are totally outside of the context of work too, right? Because you're not George, you know, the vice president at TMX, you're George on, you know, so many different levels as a person and, and you know, all your relationships. So I, I really appreciate that. So, you know, people listening, you know, what leadership advice would you give, uh, you know, to our audience? Well, I think the last point you made was also important, right? Is like, make, make sure you build a brand for yourself as well. Obviously, like I represent TMX very proudly, right? It, it's, it's a name on, on, on my jersey, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's also more to, to George, right? It's not just right. uh, George TMX, it's George T T who works at TMX, but you know, have has all these kind of ventures on the side that I'm super passionate about and things I'd like to, to give back to people. I think that that's kind of uh, an important one because for me, leadership, if I break it down, is, is two things, right? It's leadership of for yourself. Uh, so, so that's what Jordan Peterson says, right? How are you supposed to give advice to other people if you can't make your bed in the morning? Mm. So, so take care of your house first. Make sure, make sure you clean your house, uh, you know, before you help others clean theirs. And I think right. that's the most important one. Uh, so basically taking care of yourself, uh, and I, I feel like someone who who does that is a leader uh, innately right. because then they can kind of re repurpose those tools that help them uh, improve in their life in whichever self-development capacity it was, and they can just give it to other people. And I think that's super important. Um, so, so just work on yourself. You like think of yourself as a craft, right? You're constantly chipping away at this, at this masterpiece and, and you're figuring out how to get better and, and improve. And there's going to be hiccups on the way, but I think that that's a leader. It's a leader who tries, who's not afraid to try different things. Um, and who's actually out there playing the game, right? Like life is a game, like Les Brown says, and, and you can either sit on the sidelines and watch or, or actually be a part of it. Right. Yeah. Get in the game. That's awesome. Any final uh, words of wisdom on any topic, skydiving, leadership, working out? You know, I, I think just the, the last one, uh, and this was kind of what my post was about today is like, you know, on LinkedIn, how everybody's just posting about more so kind of business content. Right. But once we did a campaign that, that was hashtag live your best life, and I'll ask the question to you afterwards as well, because I want your take. Uh, but basically for me, the way I answered is just, you know, the stuff you do every day uh, to me is, is what makes my life kind of worth living for, right? It's those micro decisions. Like if you go on a, on a business lunch and uh, you opt for like, let's say heavy pasta, your whole day is going to be screwed. You know, uh, you, you don't get enough sleep. You're going to be tired the whole day. So I think for me, like living my best life, just audit your day. Look at what you're doing in the day. Look at small areas to improve. And they don't, be, they don't have to be 100 things. That's the worst part. You know, when you're like, oh, I have to do cold showers, intermittent fasting. I have to right. be in a sauna, you know, and I have to do like all these things all at once because that's what Forbes tells you or the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And then you go to do them and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so demotivated because you know, I don't even know where to start, man. Like, I, I don't think I've been to the gym yet in like two months. So I just feel like find one or one of these things, start talking them gradually and, um, and just start something, anything you've been wanting to do, like this podcast, Chris, you're an awesome example of this too. Uh, and I mentioned this last time, man, like, uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't, that, that's what I love about entrepreneurship. There's no barrier, right. you know, you can be anywhere in life at any point in time and you just start something you've always wanted to. And at least you'll, you'll never have any regrets doing this. So, uh, 
but anyways before before we stop it but just want to yeah. kind of pose yeah. that question to you like how would how would you answer the question like live your best life what what does that really signal to you well to me it's about other people and, and you kind of touched on it it's about uh, making sure that you're in a good place, whether that's, you know, healthy or spiritually or emotionally, uh, so that you can contribute to other people. And, you know, I don't, I don't, it's probably, you know, the older I get, the more I think about, you know, a legacy or, you know, less about myself and more about other people. But so, you know, be, be in a good place so you can contribute to other people. And then when you do contribute to other people, do it in a way that is meaningful to them, that's genuine. And that, you know, encourages them or speaks into something that they're doing. You know, there's, there's been so many people in my work life that I've had the privilege of coaching and mentoring. And that's why I want to pursue this, you know, kind of as a career, if you will. Um, but the, at the time when I'm just talking to people and helping them through some things, that's one thing. But it, it continues on. So I get... You know, I get the privilege of watching them continue to evolve in their, you know, in their life and in their career. And uh, I was just talking to somebody today to set up an interview for next week for the podcast. And when I'd reached out to uh, to her to ask her to be on the podcast, I said, you know, part of this for me is being inspired by other people. And uh, and then she kind of turned it around and talked about, you know, some of the things that that she did while I was working uh, working together. And how that kind of paid forward. So having, you know, having yourself in a position where you can just freely contribute to other people, I think is, you know, is kind of the, the best place you can be. Great advice, man. And your advice to me about, you know, you know, expect the unexpected. I should, I should expect questions from my, the people that I'm interviewing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Of course. I mean, I think this way actually is, is probably the best platform for the podcast because I feel like you obviously bring a lot of insight too, you know, so I actually really enjoy because you almost like you set the questions, but you give context to them in your own experience and stuff you've done in the past. And that allows me to build on it a bit more effectively. So I yeah, actually really sure. like that style. Well, that's great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Well, George, I could talk to you all day, but uh, I need to let you get back to uh, capital markets in Chicago and the Midwest. So Thanks, thank you sir. so much for, uh, for being on the podcast and, uh, and for being episode one guest i really i really do appreciate that it's a pleasure man thank you and then uh hope it's a value and I'm, I'm excited to see this grow so congrats to you excellent thank you so this has been leadership 360 with my guest george calipe join me again for more inspiring stories about leadership from real people the leadership 360 podcast is sponsored by the leadership academy your trusted partner in leadership development from coaching to consulting and on-site facilitation please visit our website theleadershipacademy.ca